Thank you for listening to the One City Church Podcast. We hope this resource inspires you and equips you to walk in everything that God has for you. I want to talk to you this morning about Arise, It's Our Time. Arise, It's Our Time. As I was praying and and really seeking the Lord since Saturday, since yesterday, early morning, I was trying to find his heart. I wanted to find his heart to just, not just to say anything, but I, I, wanted, I want to find out what the word of the Lord is. And I'm so thankful that we're in a church that the pastors here want to find the word of the Lord and what he's saying to the church. We're not up here to just entertain or for the acceptance of man, the approval of man, to just say something that sounds great. But we want to find out what's on Father's heart. So I searched and I searched and I searched. And I kept hearing this phrase, in my spirit all weekend, it's our time. It's our time. And then Father said, arise, it's our time. And I kept hearing that word, in my spirit, the entire weekend. And then... I began to search his heart and then it just kind of flowed, all these notes just kind of flowed out of me like a waterfall. And I want to open up something to you before we get into the main verse. I want to explain to you, Jeremiah says this, Jeremiah 1.4. It says, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you, which means I set you apart. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this that's going to lead to everything else that we're going to say. But you need to catch this. Okay, this is not just something we read all the time. Listen, he's not just saying this to Jeremiah. He's saying this to you. Every word in here is an invitation for you to step in and receive the impartation of that word. So whenever I read it, I don't read it through the lens that he's talking to Jeremiah. He's really talking to Ryan Castile. Before I formed you in the womb, Ryan, I set you apart. It's through the lens of the word. We read through the lens of the word so we can walk and the word can take on shape and form inside of us. And then we become the word and the word becomes flesh and they behold his glory. That's John 1.14. So whenever we read it, we don't just think he's talking to Jeremiah. Who's he really talking to? Kenneth and Kelly Miller. That's who he's talking to. Hey, I set you apart. Before I formed you in the womb, I set you apart. You are mine and I have a plan for you. That's a good word. I mean, we could pray, eat lunch, and then go home. We should wake up every day. Father, I thank you that you formed me. Before you formed me, you set me apart. You chose me in you. Man, that's just, I love it. And it says this, uh, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I sanctified you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then said I, Jeremiah saying this. He's having a conversation with the Lord. And he says, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a youth. So he's having a conversation with God and, he's, and God's saying, Jeremiah, I set you apart for this. You're going to be a prophet to the nations. And he says, Lord, I don't really know what I'm going to say. I'm way too young. He's having a conversation with the Lord. And then the Lord says this, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth. For you shall go to whom all I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to, to deliver you, says the Lord. So what is the Lord's response to Jeremiah? Jeremiah says, Lord, you've called me a prophet to the nations, but I don't have anything to say. I don't know what to say. I'm just a youth. And he says, basically, the Lord says this, Jeremiah, how can you say that you're not good? It's something that I created you to do. 
Jeremiah, how could you say that you're not ready or you're not qualified when I'm the one who formed you, I set you apart for this very moment for you to be a prophet to the nations. Why would you say and go against something that I created you for? You know what he was saying to Jeremiah? Jeremiah, you were born for this time. That's a good word. Jeremiah, why would you wrestle with me when I created you to do this? That's what I feel like as a businessman sometimes. Lord, I have no idea what I'm doing. I mean, I just, I'm just not any good at this. And you know what he says? Ryan, how could you say that you're not good? It's something I created you to do. Man, what if we woke up with that? What if instead you understood that there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus and every day when you awoke, you say, Father, I thank you that you formed, before you formed me in the womb, you set me apart. I was created to do this and you have a set race designed for me to run. And I say, yes, I'll never say that I'm not good. It's something that you created for me to do. You created me to do it and you take pleasure in it. That's a little bit different than waking up and saying, man, I got to go to work. It's Monday. That's how we're going to change the world. We wake up and understand, man, Father, you formed me. You created me with a purpose. Man, I, I, I'm not just an accident. Turn to Psalms 139, and I'm setting you up for something that we're going to dive into this morning. Psalms 139, everybody doing okay? Psalms 139, verse 13, it says this. Again, David is saying this to himself. The word is saying this to David. But who's it to? It's to me. He's saying this to me. He says, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. Verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. I like that. I'm not just created on an assembly line. He didn't just create robots. He made me in a secret place. I was with him in secret long before the foundations of the world ever started. Man, catch this, guys. This will shift the way that you ever think about yourself. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. So before I was even formed, you saw my substance. You saw me. You saw me. And he says, uh, and in your book, they were all written. That's the book of destiny. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. He says, all the days that were fashioned for me. And that word fashioned means a potter goes to the clay. He takes his time and he begins to fashion the days for you. He fashioned and he set these days for you. You see, your name is written down in the book of destiny. God gave you a destiny because he believed that you would fulfill it. God didn't give you a destiny and bring you to this place so that he could watch you fall. He wrote your name down in the book of destiny with blood because he believed in you. Because he believed that you would fulfill it. Not so that he'd say, nope, nope, X, nope, not happening, not good enough, disqualified, doesn't believe, nope. He wrote it down in blood because he believed it. And he said, man, that guy's going to fulfill his destiny because I fashioned the days for him. Because I see it in his world, it's already done. 
Because all things are already complete in him. And in God's world, everything that has been done has already been done. And he sees the fulfillment of you. He sees the fulfillment of that destiny. And when he was fashioning that day, that day for you, and then all the days, he saw your fulfillment. He didn't see today when you were broken. He didn't see all of those moments when everything was falling apart. You know what he saw? The fulfillment of you. In time, he saw all of time. Isaiah 46, he knows the end from the beginning. He saw all of time. And he knew, man, that three and a half years ago, Ron Castile would stand and he would choose him and return back to him. And he saw the fulfillment of that time. And that's the days that he fashioned for me. You were born for this time. Father said that he fashioned the days for you. He didn't fashion the days of old for you. Catch this. He didn't fashion the early 1900s for you. You weren't born for that time. Somebody needs to hear me now. You weren't born in this time. You were born for this time. To catch the revelation of this time and the purpose of you in this time. You see, this is the greatest time to be alive. See, I see the fulfillment of a nation. I don't look and turn on all the news stations and begin to wonder what is going on. I see the fulfillment of his heart. I don't see the lack. I see the fulfillment. I don't see the wrestling. I see the cornerstone. I don't see the wrestling. I see rest. I don't see faulty foundations. I see us being built upon the chief cornerstone. I don't see a dead church. I see a church arising. And that's what he sees. Fulfillment is in his heart. And these days that were fashioned, were fashioned for you right now. That you, just like Jeremiah... Jeremiah, you were born for this time. He's looking at you every morning. And you know what he's saying to you? David Henson, you were born for this time. You, I put you in this place and this time and this church. Why? Because I believe that you could do it. I believe that you would fulfill your destiny. I didn't place you in another time. I placed you in this time. And I empowered my Holy Spirit and put myself inside of you. And went all the way through the lineage of Jesus to get to you. Because I believed in you and I empowered you. Because I knew that you would fulfill it. From that place of fulfillment in his heart. He fashioned those days for us. And every day. I want to arise knowing that this is our time. This is a time like no other, guys. And you know what? He's looking for someone whose hearts are loyal to his and that will go up into his heart, grab the fulfillment of his heart, and release it to the earth. Someone who will understand that this is their time and they'll turn off the news stations and they'll quit listening to the voice of the world that's going on and that someone will worship their way into his heart, grab a vision of the fulfillment of his heart and release it from their heavenly place to the earth and declare it to come forth. He was saying, you are born for this time. 
You were not an accident. You were not a surprise. He fashioned every day for you. He saw your frame. You are not just somebody who is to exist. You showed up because he created you a long time ago in secret and he fashioned you for this time. So how much does he need the church to arise now? What does a church look like if they took their place and they understand, man, this is my time. This is my time. I'm not going to hold anything back. When I come into worship, I'm going to worship with all my heart, man, because this is my time. He's looking for that for your family. Someone who would say, you know what? My family's not in church, but you know what? This is my time. This is my time. I'm calling that prodigal son or that prodigal daughter home. Because you know why? Because this is my time. And I'm not going to let go. And I'm not going to miss the time of my visitation. Because I'm going to arise because I was born for this time. I'm not going to say I can't do it because he put his spirit inside me. Because he believed I could do it. I'm not going to say I don't have anything to say. Because when I open my mouth, he's going to fill my mouth. I'm going to believe that he empowered me. That I can do this and know that I was born for this time and this time alone and you know what that does that puts the responsibility on us amen that's a good word (laughs) that puts the responsibility on us to know that hey this is our time as a church as a body as a family as a nation People say, well, I just don't want to go. Man, the nation's just really just falling apart. And I I just don't know what we're going to do. Do something about it. Psalms 82 says this. The the foundations of the world are out of course because the sons of men don't know who they are. Because the sons of men don't know that they're the sons of God. That's why the foundations of the world are out of place. We say that we're in Christ. Let's prove it. Let's do something about it. Well, Beaumont this and Beaumont that. Listen, call it a destination place. Agree with the word that was released just a few weeks ago and begin to call Beaumont into that place instead and say, well, I want to get out of here and I want to leave and Beaumont doesn't have this. Hey, declare a thing and it will be established for you. Call Beaumont into its rightful place. Be the person that's going to bring the change instead of the person that complains about the change. But you know what we have to do? We have to turn off the voices of the world. And we got to be in search for his heart. And we got to understand the personal responsibility is, I was born for this time, man. I'm not going to miss the time of my visitation. I'm not going to. Because you know what I feel on his heart? I feel on his heart the nation. And you know what? I am not going to miss that. I am not going to miss my time. It's not going to happen on our watch. We're going to man the gates. We're going to be the gatekeepers. We're going to be on the wall. And we're going to call a nation, a family, a city, a church into its fulfillment, into its rightful place. We're not going to be the people that complain and join with the voices of the prince of the power of the air. You know what we're going to do? Break agreement with that and begin to release the sound of heaven. That's what we're going to do. Because people who understand that this is their time release the sound of heaven. Just as Daniel did. One man. One man redeemed a nation because he reached up, he saw what was in heaven, he saw from her far off, and he declared it to happen. And he called a nation and he called the king for his heart to be stirred, an ungodly king, and King Cyrus began to fund the redemption of all of Jerusalem. One man. How many is in this room? One man did that. 
Why? Because he knew it was his time. And he didn't come to say, man, it's just woe is me and all this stuff is happening and man, I just don't understand what's going on. I'm telling you what's going on. There's a shaking going on. And he's removing those things that are not of him. If you're discouraged, I'm so encouraged by what I see. Why? Because we want the junk out. We want the junk out of our hearts, out of our families, out of our nation. We want that stuff out. And he says, I'm going to shake heaven and I'm going to shake the earth once more. Why? Because I only want to see the things that are of me to remain. I don't want to see the junk that gets in the way and creates a separation with me. So there's a shaking going on. And you know what? I'm encouraged. That means we're on the right path. And it's the most exciting time to be alive. I got about half of you fired up, so that's okay. By the end, we're going to get there. Man, that, that clock. Wow. That, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Go to Hebrews. We got to get into this, man. This is where it gets really interesting. This is where it gets really, really. Everybody good? Man. Hebrews 12. This is where it's going to get really, really fun. Okay. Hebrews 12.1, therefore, listen, if you see a therefore, you need to go back and and realize what the therefore was there for, okay, because it's of great importance. Therefore, we're not going to do, we're going to do that in a second, okay? Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great of a cloud of witnesses, okay, I'm going to stop there. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great of cloud of witnesses, okay, I want to explain this to those who are not familiar with this, this term. There's a, a great cloud of witnesses. That's deep. Uh, and there is the witnesses, and this is referring to Hebrews 11. I, I, you got to read Hebrews 11. It's the faith chapter. Okay? For those of you who aren't familiar, for those who are familiar, keep reading it over and over and over and over and over again. I'm telling you, impartations of the patriarchs will just flow into your life. Read Hebrews 11. He's talking about the great cloud of witnesses is the patriarchs. Okay, of the faith, Abraham, Moses, David, Daniel, Josiah, okay, all of these people that he's naming in the faith chapter and then probably other ones, we don't know if it's just contained to that or not. There is a great cloud of these witnesses that have witnessed what God has done for them, what they've seen and will do again. And they are surrounding us is what he's saying. This great cloud of witnesses is surrounding us and we are cheered on and we are encouraged by the cloud of witnesses. So you have Abraham in this cloud of witnesses. Abraham was Abram, okay? He didn't have any family, he had a wife. And father says, I'm gonna change your name to Abraham, which means a father to many nations. So every time you go around introducing yourself, you're introducing yourself, even though you don't have any kids, as I'm a father to many nations. And he believed and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he says, I'm going to make your descendants innumerable. And it's going to be like the stars of the sky and the sands uh, uh, or the, the grains of sand on the seashore. You're going to have so many descendants and everything is going to come from them. And you're going to be Father Abraham. That's, he's in the great cloud of witnesses. And he believed and it was accounted for him for righteousness. Moses, 
He's in Pharaoh's palace and it says, refusing to live in the pleasures of sin and the comfort of the palace, he forsook all enduring seeing the one who is invisible and he leads the people out of slavery. He leads the, the Israelites out of slavery. Moses is in the cloud of witnesses. Daniel, who repents for a nation, who repents for Jerusalem and repents for 70 years, prophesied according to Jeremiah. Daniel repents for a nation and brings a nation into repentance, into restoration and finances and not finance, but leads to the King Cyrus of financing of the rebuilding. He's in the great cloud of witnesses. David and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. Here's what I'm trying to say. We are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses. Their mantles, okay, are for us. What they walked in, we can walk in. What they did for their nation, we can do for our nation. What they did for their cities, we can do for our cities. And it says this about the great cloud of witnesses, that they endured, they believed, they didn't give up, even though they did not obtain the promise. And it says this about them. They saw this time and fulfilled their time. They saw their time and they saw it from afar off. And I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me. It said that they saw it from afar off. And, it's, and, and what, what I'm getting at is the great cloud of witnesses saw their time from afar off and knew it was their time and stayed the course so that you could have your time. So in other words, they did not obtain the promise because the promise and the reward was in you. You got to get that. It said that when they suffered all of these things, and you could read Hebrews 11, we don't have time, but when they suffered all of these things, they lived in dens, they lived in caves, they lived, wandered out in the desert, desert tents looking for a city whose builder and maker is God, that they were beaten, they were sawn in half, that, uh, that, that all of these things happened to them. And it said, but yet they did not obtain the promise because God did not want them perfected outside of you. In other words, their reward was in you. So in other words, the great cloud of witnesses prepared the way for you in your time. Do you see how powerful this is now? The Lord spoke to me one time before I had a business meeting and he says, because of the integrity of the great cloud of witnesses, it has welcomed you into this place and into this time because they maintained their integrity. It prepared the way for you to be in this time right now. Wow, wow that's so good. It's amazing. Listen, Jesus didn't just appear. He's 30 years old walking around. Where'd you come from? That didn't just happen. He came through the lineage of all of these patriarchs of the faith and so many more on both sides, Joseph and Mary. He came through that because they prepared the way for Jesus, not just physically through the lineage, but they prepared the way spiritually for Jesus to be at that time, at that place, just like John was the voice of the one crying in the wilderness to prepare the way. So the great cloud of witnesses is who prepared the way for Jesus, who really prepared the way for us. Because they saw from afar that Christ in us would be the hope of glory. 
Do you understand that the great cloud of witnesses peers in and they look and they wonder what it's like for the spirit of God to be living inside of you? Do you understand what it's like when they realized that God was just on them, but now God is dwelling in you? What is it like to have resurrection power inside of you? We'll go to heaven and say, what was it like to do this, this, and this? What was it like when the Red Sea parted? How did it happen? What was it like when you were in the cave with lions? And they'll say, what was it like to have resurrection power in you? What was it like to be able to hear the voice of God inside of you? Why? They prepared the way for you. I'm going somewhere with this, guys. You got to stay with me. They prepared the way for you. Why? It said that they saw from afar off and they didn't give up. But even though they died in faith, not obtaining the promise. That's what Hebrews 11 said. Do you know why? Because that reward was in you. They prepared the way in their time so that you could understand right now it's your time. And Jesus did the very same thing. Well, I thought that they were just preparing the way for Jesus. So much more than that. So much more than that. I got to go. I'm running out of time. You know, and, and I'll say this. Isn't it encouraging? It's just so encouraging to me when I was going through the lineage of Jesus this weekend. It was so encouraging that God put himself in such imperfect people to get to me. Man, you should never wake up doubting the love of God again. He wanted you so badly, he put himself inside the lineage of broken, imperfect people to reconcile and to bring you back to his heart. Man, and we wonder, will God ever use me? Does he really love me? Are you kidding me? Look at the lineage that he went through. David was an adulterer and a murderer, and he went through his lineage. Why? Because he's not afraid to use imperfect people. Why? Because God is fulfilled in himself, and he's not questioning his investment in you. He's never questioning his investment in you. You are his righteousness on the earth. You are his position on the earth today. And you know what he's saying to you? Arise, it's your time. All the way through a lineage of broken and imperfect people for him to get to you and say, arise. Now it's your time. The great cloud of witnesses prepared the way and maintained their integrity and never lost sight afar off to get to you because your reward is with them. Man, golly, that's awesome. We should just run out of here just fire blazers, man. Hebrews eleven thirteen says this. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them. I love this. It says they were assured of them. That means they were fully persuaded by them. They embraced them and they confessed. That word confess means saying the same thing as God. Confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims of the earth. Okay, they saw the, from afar off. They received it, they embraced it, they were confident, they were fully persuaded. And even though they didn't obtain the promise, they saw it from afar off. Okay, I want to explain to you what they saw from afar off. Because I, I, I really, I really, guys, put 55 minutes back on the clock. <laughs> Pastor's texting him right now and say, don't you do that. You're fired if you do that. My phone's probably blowing up right now. Shut her down. Bring her in for a landing. I want you to catch this great cloud of witnesses, though. 
I want you to, I got to tie this together and then we're going to talk about our race and then we're going to be done. You look at Daniel 7. What does it mean they saw afar off? Daniel and Daniel 7. You, you got to read it. It says that he had a vision. He had a dream in the night, in the night season. He had a dream. And what he saw was this. That there were kingdoms. There was dark kingdoms that were arising. God, this gets me so fired up. But it says, but then the son of man came in. And listen, this, this wasn't in that time. He saw far off. I, you got to get this. He said, the ancient of days was seated. And he brought in the son of man. And it said the court was seated and the books were open. That's the book of destiny, man. That's the book of life. And it said, and here comes the son of man. And a thousand thousands ministered to him. And it said that all dominions were taken from every kingdom. Every form of dominion and every power was taken from all of the dark kingdoms. And they were given to the son of man. And he took dominion over everything. And then it says this. And then he gave dominion to the saints of the most high. Daniel saw it from a long ways off. And that's how he maintained and stayed the course. Because he saw it long before it ever got here. And he maintained that integrity and stayed the course. Because he saw a little red-headed guy. That would be full of passion and full of fire. And that the son of man would come in and give dominion and he would have power. You're not getting excited enough. I read that this morning. I was in tears, man. I was in tears. The son of man comes in. Can you imagine? Daniel is living in captivity for seven years. And then he has a dream. And in the dream, it says, we win. The son of man wins. All dominion is taken away. And he gives it to the saints because he believes in them. And Daniel says, we win. I'm going to repent. I'm going to stay the course. I'm not going to give up because we win. And he said, my reward is in that red-headed guy. My reward is in him. I'm not giving up. Father, I repent. I call a nation into its rightful place. Why? Because he saw it from afar off. Who will go up into heaven and see it from afar off? Who will go up into Father's heart and see your family from afar off and call them into that place? Who will see the prodigal son return home because they saw it from afar off? Who will not delay? Who will not give up? Who will not listen and agree with the sound of the world because you see it from afar off? off Daniel was one man I know I'm man I know I'm yelling but you got to get this in you man I'm bringing it this morning father's bringing it this morning because he wants you to catch the revelation it's your time you say listen well man that that just that sounds like blasphemy it's our time no listen Jesus you need to read John 14 15 and 16 and 17 you need to read it over and over and over again I call it the great the great transition I don't know if it was coined that, but I'm going to coin it that. Like the Great Commission. It's the Great Transition. Where he says, Father, the word that you have given me, I have given them. The glory that you have given me, I have given them now. And in John 14, he says, hey, the same works that I do, 
you do also. And greater works than these you will do. And he says, now I've given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know what Jesus was saying? The great cloud of witnesses prepared for me. I prepared the way for you. Now it's your time. Arise. Man. We can change the world if we believe this. Real quick. Number one, I want to give you two things. Number one, you have to realize that there is a race set before you. You need to realize that there's a race set before you. Why are people not responding right now? Because you don't understand that there's a set race designed for you to run. Listen, 18 years ago, I met Dan Varela. He was speaking on intercession. I didn't even know what intercession was. He gave me this big old fat book by Dutch Sheets to read. And I was 17. I was like, you okay? <laughs> I'm going surfing. He was teaching on intercession. I got him to pray for me and he prophesied over me and this is what he said. He said, there's a mantle of intercession on your life. I didn't even know what that meant. Okay, God. He said, there's a mantle of intercession on your life and you're gonna become an intercessor. And he's just prophesying this word. Well, I'm not really thinking much about that. But 18 years later, I bump, I bump into Dan right here in the altar. And you know, you know what me and Dan and David and Gina and Lisa and all these people do every single week? We intercede together. 18 years later, I join in and become an intercessor and begin to pray and intercede for a nation, for a city. What am I trying to say? There was a set race designed for me to run. Father always had a set race designed for me to run. Listen, I, I, I'm just telling my story because I don't know yours. All glory goes to him. I didn't know that. I didn't say, well, I'm going to set out to be an intercessor. <laughs> glory to God. Sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> That's me. I was 17. I didn't know. I couldn't even say intercession probably or spell it. But the point is this, that he had a set race designed for me to run. Bless God, it took me 18 years later to get it, but I got it. Some of us are a little slower, but we get it. <laughs> I'm here. I make, that's what the passion's for. I'm just making up for lost time. But the reason why some of us are, are not responding, and there's so many people that in the church is not responding, understanding, is because we don't understand that there's this set race. It's set just for you, man. It's set for just for you. And let me tell you something. You're going to be held accountable for the race that you run. But don't let that be fear. Let that be love. Because love says, hey, I designed a race for you because I believed you could run it. See, fear doesn't motivate me. It's love. If I get corrected by my father and I hear his voice, I feel his love. I know he's thinking about me. I love that. But I know I'm going to be held accountable with the race that I was set. I'm not going to be held accountable for my wife's race. I'm not going to be held accountable for anybody else's race except mine. So I respond in this time knowing that there's that set race that's designed specifically for me. And there's a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering me on. 
And there's Dan- Daniel with his mantle to go before kings. And he's saying, who wants this mantle? It's the mantle of Holy Spirit. But it's really Daniel's mantle. And he's saying, who wants it? Father empowered you because he believed in you. Who wants it? It's there. There's Moses to be a deliverer. Where's Miles? The deliverer. And it's there. And they prepared the way because they see their reward in you. And they long for it just like he longs for it. They long to see you in that place just like Father does. And the beautiful thing is that he uses all of these people to prepare the way. And you know what? Their reward is in you. And guess what? Your reward is in someone else. You're not just living for your present. You're living from your past. You're living for your present. And you're living for your future. And let me tell you something. Father is a generational thinker. Because he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Long before Isaac and Jacob ever got there. He thinks that way. But you know what? The enemy thinks that way too. And you know what he's after? The generations. Why did I say that? For you to understand the responsibility of their reward is in you and your reward is in someone else. Your reward is in your kids. Your reward is in your wife. Your reward is in your husband. Your reward is in your grandkids. And that somebody prepared the way for you so that Jesus could reconcile you back to the Father so that he could give you the ministry of reconciliation so he could look at you and say, now you go do it. So he could look at you and say, arise, it's our time. Who's gonna decide this morning, I'm not going back? Who's gonna decide this morning, I'm not going back? I'm not going back to fear. I'm not going back to anxiety. I'm not going back to addictions. I'm not going back to depression. I'm not going back to complacency. It said that they saw from afar off not obtaining the promise and would not give up. And it said that they couldn't even remember where they came from because they were passionately pursuing where they were going. Come on, man. They couldn't even think about an opportunity to return because they were pursuing the heavenly country, a far better place. Who's going to not look back at where they came from? Who's going to look ahead and say, I see a better place. Who's going to see it for their family? Who's going to reach up and say, I see my family. And I see my kids lifting their hands and worshiping and dancing. I see a place and I'm not going back. And I'm in passionate pursuit to run the race that is set before me. And I won't look back. And I'm going to keep running. And I'm not going to give up. And I'm going to obtain the promise. Because somebody prepared the way for me. So that I could get to this place. So that I could arise and say, it's my time. It's my time. Come on, man. There's a lion in me this morning. It's here to awaken some hearts. To get violent because the violent take it by force. Man, I'm just so awakened and I want your heart to be awakened. Because this place has been prepared for you. Because he believes in you. Man, I'm not going back. Imagine if Daniel would have turned back. 
Imagine if Daniel, instead of praying and repenting for 70 years, he would have stopped at 69. Imagine if Moses would have enjoyed the pleasures of sin instead of understanding that he was the deliverer. Imagine if Abraham would have said, no, I don't believe you. I'm too old. He wouldn't have became Father Abraham and we wouldn't be here. Come on. Imagine if they would have turned back. They didn't. They stayed the course. They weren't looking at everything else that was going on around. They were looking for the heavenly country that was ahead of them. And they say, man, that's it. Daniel said, I see it. I see it from afar off. There it is. And I'm not going to let go. I'm going to keep repenting. And I'm going to keep going after it. And I see the fulfillment of Jerusalem. And he wouldn't stop. He wouldn't give up. Arise. It's our time. Man. Let's stand this morning. You know, I really believe that there's people that need to respond this morning. I believe that there's, there's, there's just, I feel a, a holy fire that is being released this morning. An impartation of a fire to be released to you to understand that there's a set race designed for you to run. I saw people ablaze this morning on fire, a holy fire. It's going to burn away, thank you guys, and cleanse. And it's going to be a passion that we're going to run after him. Who's with me this morning? Listen, we're going to worship. I know that your eyes are like flames of fire. Come on, Daniel 7, man. We're going there. And listen, we're going to open up the altars this morning. You need a fresh baptism of fire this morning. Come on. A fresh baptism of fire this morning to understand for the revelation of the hope of his calling to hit you. To hit you square between the eyes of your heart this morning. We're going to open up and we're going to begin to worship. And we're going to begin to pray. And listen, you respond how you want to respond this morning by coming down to the altar for that fresh baptism of fire. I'm not letting go. I'm not letting go. There's a set race, and I'm responding right here, right now. Listen, three and a half years ago was a defining moment for me. Three and a half years ago was a defining moment for me. Who's going to get their defining moment this morning? Who's going to get their defining moment this morning to where they're saying, you know what? I'm running, and I ain't going back, and I'm going to burn with the holy fire. And I'm going to burn with the holy fire. This is my defining moment. Jesus is passing me by, and I ain't going to let go this morning. I'm not going to let go. I'm saying yes to the race that has been set for me. I'm saying yes this morning. Thank you for listening to the One City Church podcast. For more information about our church, visit onecity.church.